Here it is. Again. And it's cool. I believe that the music I heard is a killer. It's a killer of hope. It's a killer of spirit. And Devo plays for Muffy's party. Hey everybody, I'm Joseph. And I'm Rob. Welcome to the January-February 1978 edition of Deep Dives and Deep Cuts, the history of punk, post-punk, and new wave, 1976 to 1986. So Rob, welcome to 2021. Welcome (laughs) to season two of the podcast and welcome to 1978. Yeah, no kidding. Man, all kinds of great stuff. I, you know what? Um, or during our break, I was the whole, I say the whole time, most of our break, I was just itching to get back into it. And uh, I'm, this this first episode of the second season is is above and beyond my expectations. I'm really excited about it. Yeah. So why don't we start things off with a little bit of music? Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, let's play some adverts. This is One Chord Wonders off of Crossing the Red Sea with the Edwards. I want woman do what things go wrong. When they happen, do a favorite song. We're for this episode is the advert so we're not going to spend a lot of time right now talking about their debut album crossing the red sea with the adverts um but we will definitely do it later on um so let's just let's take a deep breath acknowledge the fact that we are into season two we survived the holidays um and I want to thank you, Rob, because our original plan was we were going to record this next week and publish on the 17th uh, because I had travel plans, but they were like at the last minute change. So three days ago, I frantically reached out to you and said, can we do it this week? And uh, you really stepped up and we just uh, we we got things together really quickly. We only... We only put together the the playlist uh, like yesterday afternoon, (laughs) and I was planning on spending today just listening to the playlist over and over again, but... We need to take a little sidebar here, so um, this this is not a politics podcast. This is not a current events podcast, but um, I think that we have to acknowledge the date that we're recording this, which is January 6th. And um, that, of course, is the day that some fucking yahoos um, overran the the Capitol building. And um, so needless to say, I've only listened to this playlist a couple of times because I spent the entire day just 
listening to the news. It yeah, it definitely threw me for a loop as well. And I have to say, yeah. it's, uh, you know, it. I I kind of sequestered myself in my my room and listened to music and tried to stay away from politics or news. It was just difficult. It could I couldn't really do it. It was distracting the whole day. But here we are. I just want to note that this is for our country. This is the lowest point that we've that we've gotten in in my lifetime at least i mean yeah. I, I not to be too melodramatic but it it's um i'm in a little still in a bit of a state of shock about the knuckleheads um and their knucklehead antics um so so things might the the energy might be a little bit weird this podcast and I apologize for for that. Um any anything you want to well, you want to say about it before we move on? No man, you know what? Music unites us all, I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and fortunately we're going to be um today we're going to be talking about a lot of great punk and um you know, punk rock. It is to me, it is sort of the antidote to a lot of this, the toxic political and social stuff that's going on, that's always going on, be it 1978 or 2021. Well, so you, you thank me for jumping in uh, at the last minute to record this episode. And uh, to be honest, it was all I could do. I mean, really, I uh, it, I think it was, it was necessary and, and I was eager to do it. So, 1978, we're talking about January and February. Oh, and I do want to note that um, all of the albums in a rundown are albums that were released within the time frame, but the order that we do it in isn't necessarily the order that they were released in. Um, I've taken liberties with um, with the order just you know, as I saw fit to kind of balance things out. So it wasn't a whole bunch of kind of the same sounding bands all in a row. Um, just to, you know, keep the dynamics a little bit more dynamic. You just like to shake things up. That's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about what's going on in January and February of 1978 besides music. Um, Let's talk about some movies that were released. Um, Up in Smoke, Cheat and Chong movie. Revenge of the Pink Panther and Coming Home were the, were the big movies to hit the theaters. The number one songs in the U.S. were Baby Come Back from Player, Short People from Randy Newman, Staying Alive from the Bee Gees, and Love is Thicker Than Water from Andy Gibb. Debuting TV, Fantasy Island, and events um, in January and February of 1978, Harvey Milk was the first openly gay person elected to public office in California. Ted Nugent autographs a fan's arm with his knife, and Roman Polanski skips U.S. bail and flees to France, and the Sex Pistols break up. Ah, yeah. That's big news right there. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, 
all of the albums we're going to talk about today are debut albums except for Blondie's Plastic Letters. Right. So Blondie, the, this is your jam. These yeah. are the, these are your your people here. They're my, they're my people. <laughs> um, Plastic Letters, the hit singles, um, Dennis, which was a hit in Europe, but Blondie really hadn't broke here in the States yet. And um, I'm Always Touched by Your Presence, Dear, which is a song that shows up on all of the best of albums, but I, I don't think was really much of a hit anywhere at the time. Um, you know, I read a reviewer from the UK talking about uh, Blondie and, and saying that Blondie's first album uh, was went practically unnoticed by the public in the UK. Um, until, well, I saw then Plastic Letters came out and Dennis hit so well that uh, it got everybody's notice. Of course, of course, by that point, every teenage guy in, in the UK was starting to put up uh, pictures of Deborah Harry on their walls and, <laughs> you know, it yeah. was all she wrote. Yeah. So. so we did, um, we did a deep dive on Blondie. It was actually our first deep dive that we did, um, episode 1A, where we spent some time talking about this album. Uh, one of my least favorite um, Blondie albums. How are, you, how are you? You like it quite a bit, you know, don't you? You know, I, I liked it. Uh, so as far as all the Blondie albums, I think I placed, when we did our deep dive, I think I placed this one like at number four. Mm -hmm. Um listening to it again i think that i like it even a little more than than that um, oh good okay yeah yeah it's it's got some cool stuff it's got some great songs and and not necessarily punk songs i mean we've already talked about how blondie was you know not so punk they were punk they were not so punk um but this album this album's got some great tunes on it and in fact, uh, you know, some of those tunes are, are, are just, they're so well written. And I don't know, to me, they're, they're hard to ignore and hard to, hard to not like. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, I, I hate to say this because I know you're such a fan, but the, the more that I listen <laughs> to Blondie, the less excited I get about them. Uh -huh. I, I expect that to change when we get to their third album, but mm -hmm. I am... Um, um, this last time around listening to this album, it, it was just, you know, I feel like um, we've already sort of picked this album clean as as yeah. far as the decent songs to, to play. Obviously, you feel different, so I just deferred to you about okay. the song we were going to feature today. Uh, what's that song? Con Contact, Contact in Red Square. And, you know, this, this is a tune that comes came about because of uh, the fascination with spies and communism and uh, you know Blondie did it, Ramones did it several bands did it but I just found this song, especially this time around found it to be a lot of fun Although I'm young, I got a job to do, get the microfilm in the lining of my shoes tell it a business trip gotta hide inside my trench coat and be clever
Now, one of the 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 great things about the fact that we're um, not going to cram as many albums into this episode as we would have last season is that we can feature both of our picks um, for some of the artists. We're going to do that with Air Ubu. Um, I picked the title track, Modern Dance. So let's listen to that now. I really liked Modern Dance. It was my first choice, but I was afraid it was going to be the, the obvious choice. And instead, I picked Over My Head. Now, that song, to me, it it kind of shows their range. Like, they can be moody as well as chaotic and artistic. And it, I don't know. To me, it just shows that they are, like, this great art rock band if, if you call them um, I think they've got a lot of range and man this band is cool I was worried that it would be kind of unlistenable because it mm-hmm. was going to be too fringe um, most of it I feel is pretty poppy except for not the last song but the the two songs before that mm-hmm. um, th- and Over My Head is one of those songs so yeah. th- those are the two kind of most avant-garde songs yeah. and because it's only two of them it's not too much but right. if if that had been the whole album then I would have I, w- I would have entirely different feelings about this album but two kind of pushing boundary songs on an album like this is about right. Now, now I do want to say that when I, I mentioned that I was prepared to hate this album, yeah, the beginning of the beginning of the first song on this album oh, is yeah. kind of what did it. It's that <laughs> yeah. it's that keening that just pierces my eardrums. Yeah. And, yeah. And so they did that on this song, but there are other songs where there's also a lot of discordance and a lot of craziness, and a, it starts out that way. But when the mute, when the song kicks in, it's, I mean, it, it catches you right away. Well, yeah, and and there there are are elements, you, you know, kind of abrasive, weird elements. But I I gotta say, you know, for a debut album, this band, and particularly for an ex a fairly forward-looking, experimental-sounding band, they are really in control. Like, they, yeah. their their weirdness never overwhelms the song, you know? They're, they're very—it it feels like they're, they're very mindful and uh, tactical about, you know, the discordant elements and what works and what doesn't, and they're— I, I don't find this album to be a self-indulgent album at all. 
which is which kind of kills a lot of avant-garde music for me you know i think that what what they have decided to do like they had this planned i mean obviously they they knew what they were doing going into it but here comes punk rock right when punk rock comes out and they see that punk rock is like this way of expressing yourself but they're like yeah okay we could just scream and yell and bleed out our hearts but why don't we captivate our listeners first and then you know tell them our story so to me that's what this album is Okay, so I, I have some more to, to say about this album, but let's let's go ahead and get to your song Over yeah. My Head and then we'll uh, jump back into the conversation. that at least as far as full-length albums released, this is the first album for, for punk and, and or new wave where sort of the Midwest is represented for the first time. This is a band from Cleveland, Ohio, and their sound is, you know, it's... Um, it's recognizable to people who like punk, but yet it, they don't, they've definitely got their own take on it. I mean, it's not, it's not East Coast, it's not West Coast, it's not the UK, which up until this point, that's where all of the, the punk and new wave innovation is coming from, is those three people. And then suddenly, boom, out of, oh, oh, out of Ohio, here's Per Ubu. Um, I just Midwest representing. I guess that's all I got to say about that. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, as far as our playlist today, they stand out, and uh, that might be. I mean, why wasn't Cleveland like this huge hub of? you know, punk rock in 1978. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe maybe we could, uh, at some point down the road, we could do a bonus episode about about Midwestern punk. Because um, yeah. it's not something I know too much about. So that, that would be interesting. Okay, we've talked a lot about The Modern Dance. Awesome album. Uh, just a, a, f a really accomplished debut from a a band out of nowhere. Um, kudos to Per Ubu. Let's move on to Ecstasy's debut album, White Music. Now, Ecstasy, my number two on the list of all-time favorite new wave bands. Love this band. Not my favorite of their albums. In fact, one of my least favorite of their albums. Um, is this the first time you've heard White Music? 
it, so it's the first time I've heard white music. Of yeah. course, I am. Other than that, I'm I'm very familiar with X, XTC, but um, XTC I think you introduced me to uh, years ago, and I've listened to a lot of their stuff. This is definitely different than much of their. I mean, all of their albums are different, but this one is like so different. <laughs> My basic impressions of this album are. Here is a band with a lot of energy and a lot of really interesting ideas, but uh, they they're really unfocused and their their song smithing hasn't been finely honed yet. Um, it's kind of it feels kind of all over the place for me. Um, so that's that's sort of my take on on white music in a nutshell. The um, hit for them was Statue of Liberty, which was not a hit here in the States, but was a, a, a moderately successful hit in the UK. Yeah. What song did you pick as your favorite song off of white music? Or possibly not your favorite song. What What is your favorite song off of this album? Yeah, well... Um... You know, I this is one of those albums, and you say that it's your least favorite album from from Ecstasy, but I have one, to say that one of my least favorites. Oh, okay. Yeah. But as I'm listening to this album, and I'm marking it off because I'm marking all the songs that I really like, this mm-hmm. is one of those albums that I pretty much liked every song. Mm. Um, I will say the song I like the least was a cover tune that I'm glad we're not going to listen to tonight. <laughs> um, <laughs> Well, so. I I am right there with you. You know how I feel <laughs> I about do. cover I tunes. Do. Yeah. So, yeah. um I I did a I did a uh I did an episode of my radio show for MWR. Um it was a a listener appreciation episode and this listener wanted to hear various versions of all on the watchtower this was one version i did not come across but i played mm. a lot of all on the watchtower so i'm pretty glad yeah. we're not playing that one at any rate yep. um i chose uh, newtown animal so so would you say this is your favorite song off I, this yeah i think it's my favorite i would say it's my favorite song off the album i think my watch is busted so it's time There's nothing decent on the TV page My favorite song off of this album is their hit single, Statue of Liberty, because it's sort of like a, it's a little teaser for where they're going to go in the future. Not on Go 2, but after that. Um, But I, you know, it's like there are, except for a couple of notable exceptions, like the cover song, 
um, every song of theirs, there are parts of the song that I like, and then there's always at least one part that just kind of kills the song for me. Um, so the the one of the few song songs off of this album that that is kind of consistent for me is neon shuffle so that's my pick for you did the statue of liberty wasn't that banned someplace because of some racy lyrics well yeah actually it was it, um it was banned in the uk because so statue of liberty is about a guy who's obsessed with the statue of liberty and uh which is uh, <laughs> Oh, that, that's like his kink, right? <laughs> yeah, apparently. So he got banned because there was a line about how he dreams about sailing underneath her, her skirt. <laughs> Seems pretty mild, but, yeah. you know. It's the, 1978. That's right. That's right. So um, before we move on, I just want to uh, a little call out to um, one of our listeners who posted on Facebook Obviously, an XTC fan anticipating this album and putting in a, a request or a little thumbs up for the song um, Hang On To The Night. Unfortunately, that was not part of white music, the album's initial release. It was a B-side yeah. for Statue of Liberty. In later releases, it was included as a bonus track. Now, when we get to the deep dive, we might be able to squeeze it in there somewhere i'm not making any promises yeah. but i just wanted to um call out to dan i believe it was who is um obviously an ecstasy fan because that's a pretty deep cut yeah it's a good tune yeah yeah so let's talk now about the debut album by sham 69 so this was a band I only know for one song, which has popped up on a couple of um, UK punk compilations, most notably the Cherry Red Records compilation I keep talking about. So their most famous song, not it wasn't off of this album, was Angels with Dirty Faces. Um, but other than that, I knew nothing about them. How about you? So yeah, Sham sixty nine was totally new to me. Um, it, it, this this recording or, or research for this episode was an education, and I'm kind of glad that I had it because 
I like their stuff a lot. Um, I find that this album's a little tell us the truth is the album it's a little interesting because half of it was done live and half of it was studio recorded um but i find their stuff to be pretty damn punk rock and 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 i'm i'm digging it so they are um known as one of the forefathers of oi music that's oi explanation point for anyone who's taking notes um that is a subgenre of punk that I know very little about. I've I've been I've always been pretty squeamish and intimidated about diving into oi music just because of the connotations over the years um, that have have gone along with oi music, like the the neo Nazi and skinhead movement. Well, that, yeah, I, I've actually had several conversations with people. Uh, over in the UK about Oi yeah. and in that there was a neo-Nazi movement that kind of adopted it but yeah. at some point the the fans of the music were taking it back um, yeah. and so it'd be it'd be kind of cool if we did at some point just just oh. looked at it a little bit oh. kind of I I'm guaranteeing you that we are going to dedicate a whole episode at some point to oi music we're going to find the right person to educate us about oi music because um it is definitely a blind spot for me um and one last thing about oi um the oi movement and sort of the irony about uh most of the original bands that kind of started you know, were, were the forefathers of OI, uh, like Sham 69, were very political leftists. Yeah. So for it to be co-opted by, you know, neo-Nazis and skinheads is um, a little, I mean, there, there's obviously a very com- rich and complex story behind the oi movement which will be really interesting to dive into okay yeah, sure. getting back to sham 69 and their debut album tell us the truth i gotta say this is this is some of my least favorite type of punk but um this is a good band there's no doubt about it um i just you know if if i want to hear politically very strong politically motivated punk music i'm gonna reach for the clash much quicker than i am a like a band sham 69 that's my own personal opinion well the the this band i've heard them i've heard them before not realizing it Uh um the one song i believe that was familiar to me was barstool breakout Oh, okay. And, and and I think you know it had been played on MWR, which was where I yeah. where I'd heard it. So but it, it, but that's not off this album, is it's, it? Uh, yeah, Borstal Breakout is off of this album. Oh, okay. It's off of the first half of the album, uh-huh. which which is a live track. Yeah. Um, uh, so yeah. it should be noted that this is one of two albums that is not available on Spotify. Um, The good news is there are a ton of compilation um, albums, you know, like Best Of for Sham 69. So almost all of the songs off of this album show up 
on the compilation albums, except for your very first pick, right? right. So I <laughs> I had to ask you to pick a second song because what what was your initial pick off of this album? My I initial pick was "What About the Lonely," uh, which I just found to be an again a, a great song. And um, I, I kind of wanted to step away from Versatile Breakout because it was so political, but uh, I think I think What About the Lonely even touches on that a little bit. That um, must be like a super deep cut because there are five or seven compilations and quite a few live albums from, from Sham 69 doesn't appear on a single one of them. So. Yeah, well, <laughs> so but, I, but I, I like- decided... I'm sorry, go ahead. I, I liked the song that you came up with um, as an alternative. Yeah, yeah. So I came up with I'm a man, I'm a boy. I'm a man, I'm a boy. I'm a boy. I'm a man, I'm a man. I'm a boy. I'm a boy. All I really give a damn. All I care, what you Looking in the mirror saying who are you? Looking in the mirror thinking what to do? What to do? Let's move on now from um, Sham 69's debut album to uh, Kate Bush's debut album. Hard to tell the difference between the two artists. I know. I apologize for that. <laughs> what? <laughs> um, yeah. So Kate Bush. So much to say about Kate Bush. Um what what are your first? Uh, you you obviously are are very familiar with Kate Bush I, as I, I am. am. Yeah, uh, I am very familiar with. Kate were Bush. you familiar with this album? Um, you know, I had heard tracks off of this album, um, mm-hmm. and uh, I don't. You know, to me, Kate Bush is definitely an artist. She's an amazing songwriter, an amazing has an amazing voice, um, but I have a hard time listening to this album. Mm-hmm. And uh, it it puts a ring in my ear that just won't go away. <laughs> so, um, I mean, she's you know lovely person, lovely voice, lovely lovely lyrics, amazing, amazing artist. But yeah, not my thing in this album. So Kate Bush placed number seven on my list of all time favorite new wave artists. So this is. This episode, I'm I'm in heaven because we've got debuts by two of my picks for favorite new wave artists, um, and there is no doubt that she is a heavy hitter when yeah. it comes to talent. I mean, she's kind of the whole package. To me, to me, um, she rivals David Bowie as far as like um, just. It's so talented, so driven, so focused, excellent songwriter, excellent vocalist, good musician. I mean, she, uh, she she's astonishing, astonishing. Now, having said that, this is 
probably my least favorite Kate Bush album. <laughs> yeah. Um, it is, I mean, it is a very accomplished debut. Uh, it is clear that, that, that this is the, the emergence of a major talent. It is very well done, well written. Um, it's astonishing on a lot of different levels. It also, I find it very off-putting. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, because, I, you know, she, she's got this, when she starts out and it kind of goes into her next album or two, um, she's got like this um, wide-eyed, mystical, elven, earth woman child going around sprinkling pixie dust over everyone sort of thing which is not my bag at all keep, keep the pixie dust off of joseph <laughs> i mean i think that not not off of this album i think it's her next album she right. actually has a song about peter pan yeah. so it's it's very you know um 70s vibe thing and i i'm sure people love it but um this is this is a major talent just not doing you know not she's not in my lane at yet yeah i i found it i found it hard to to like i said i found it hard to listen to and it and it, again she's great and i'll i'll admit that and i'll even celebrate that it's it's the it's the experimentation you know I found it, uh, like you said, a little off-putting. Um, besides that, though, I mean, this woman started writing. She'd been writing songs since she was like ten or eleven years old. Yeah, I and, I, and they were knocking the, people on their ass. Yeah, off the top of my head, I couldn't tell you how old she was when she recorded this, but she was still in her teens, I believe. And and, and some of these songs were written two or three years before. Uh, yeah. before she recorded it so yeah, yeah. so stuff. so she she had uh in the uk she she had some hits right out of the gate wuthering heights is probably the most famous song off of this album it was a pretty big hit in the uk a man with a child in his eyes uh, was also shows up on um her greatest album or her greatest hits albums. Uh, another minor hit for her, at least in the UK, was Them Heavy People, which is my favorite song off of this album. So oh, let's nice. uh, take a listen to that.
a list of of songs that I really liked. It's two songs. <laughs> oh yeah, heavy, them heavy people is one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I don't I don't know. I mean, I'm looking forward to listening to her next several next albums. Yeah, I want to hear more of her. Um, yeah. And uh, I'm looking forward to it. You know. A lot of people recognize her as this great talent back in 1978, and and I, I guess I had to have been in the time. You know, I I, I, did, I wasn't listening to her in 1978. Yeah, she was. She was not. Um, I I don't think she really got any serious airplay here in the states until um, well until Hounds of Love came out um, with. Uh, was it running up the hill um so yeah this is this is a a very um accomplished album um well the song i picked off of this album um i felt really stood out uh, to, to me it stood out from everything else on the album yeah, in very, very much in your lane as far as being sort of a cinematic storytelling kind of a song. Yeah. Well, it's not Wuthering Heights. I think that that, <laughs> that one says it all. Yeah. But, <laughs> but you're right. Um, this is uh, so I, I picked James and the Cold Gun. James. some great music from Kate Bush um, some pretty good stuff off of this album um, just not not really my thing <laughs> yeah so let's move on to the last notable album released in January and February of 1978 by a band called alternative TV it was a debut album called the image has cracked this is the second album that is not available on Spotify and really very hard to find I I found out and yeah. unfortunately they don't really have any compilation albums on Spotify either how how did you track this down I finally had to just go to YouTube and watch a, a that, video of the album yeah uh, that is exactly where um I mean there there are a couple websites out there that uh, I think you can buy track by track and, mm-hmm. and purchase mm-hmm. you know each track individually I'm not sure if they I, I don't know the legitimacy of those <laughs> but yeah. but I ended up going to YouTube and yeah. listening to the album on, on there 
Yeah, which is so annoying because mm -hmm. the commercials pop up in the middle of songs and ah. Yep. <laughs> but even though the experience wasn't so great, wow, I kind of love this album. I mean, um, I only knew one song from this band, once again, showing up on all of the punk compilation albums, um, Action Time and Vision. Um, otherwise, I was really surprised at, at, at how good this is. How, how would you describe their music? Oh, wow. Um, I don't know. I, I know that it's right up my alley. I mean, it's... Yeah. To me, it feels punk, and it feels kind of extended from that. I don't know how to describe that. Yeah. That. Well, I'm I'm hearing some wire. I'm hearing some clash. Um, like uh -huh. in one of their songs, they actually reference um, the Sex Pistols and the Clash right. and the Buzzcocks um, in their lyrics. But the the cool thing about this album is for the first time i'm hearing i mean there there are some songs where there is like some heavy stuff going on as far as musically uh, like a like a heavy metal quality to it not like a hardcore Hard, fast, hardcore, heavy metal, but like a slow grinding drudge, which yeah, really I, like. I I would be really interested to hear how much, if any, Fugazi was influenced by this band because that's kind of what several of these songs made me think of was Fugazi. They definitely have a grungy sound to them. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's that's it. They. They've got that kind of punk grunge feel yeah. to it, um, which is really working for me. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So um, the song that I picked is the song that I've been familiar with for such a long time, Action Time Vision. Um, the only version of this on Spotify are uh, uh, both of our picks are um, live versions, and they're not bad. I always, almost always, prefer studio versions to live versions. But since this is the best that we've got, it is it is um, just fine. Uh, so let's listen to Action Time Vision off of Alternative TV's debut album, The Image Has Cracked. TV, they were definitely into expressing themselves. 1978 was a great year, man. A great year for this music. <laughs> um, I, I'm just really, you know, they. I think they're artistic. I think they're, uh, for their time and for what they did, a little bit hardcore. And 
I don't know. It, it kind of I I appreciate it, and I, I will say this too. I I had read where some critics were basically crying over the fact that alternative TV were in their minds kind of a neglected piece of of music history. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I totally see that, um, and I I agree. I I I'm not quite sure why they're um, not right up there with, you know, the wires and the clashes. But, right, um, right. you know, and I really appreciate their, the, the, the lyrics and the subject matter is smart and daring and social and political, but not super preachy, which is just just that's the sweet spot for me so what song did you pick so this is this is kind of a funny story um i chose why don't you do me right because i like the song and the more i listened to it the more it sounded familiar to me Uh uh-huh i'm like i have heard this song before i've heard alternative tv before they're not totally new to me i love this song this is a great song it just sounds different and after I finished the song and was doing some research, it dawned on me that in 1967, a little prog rock band by the name of Mothers of Invention released it on their album, Absolutely Free, <laughs> written and performed by none other than Frank Zappa. <laughs> so, uh-huh. so, so this is a cover song. Apparently it is a cover song, but I uh-huh. freaking love it. <laughs> uh-huh. Well, I, I like this song, too. excited about hearing more alternative TV as yeah. they release more albums. Um, the uh, a very, very auspicious debut um, from them. Uh, it it bums me out that this album is is so hard to yeah, find. Definitely. And that brings us to the end of albums released in January and February of 1978, at least for Punk and New Wave. Before we jump into our mini dive on the adverts, um, let's let's oh let's pick a best in show. Um, uh-huh. Where are you at? What's uh, what's your favorite album released in January, February of 1978? Well, this is interesting. So my favorite album, it, it was really tight and it bounced back and forth a little bit as I was listening to these. Um, but I'm going to have to say that my my favorite was Ex- Ecstasy with White Music. Really? Well, that's yeah. great. That surprises me. Yeah, um, it surprised me too. Yeah, that's great. I'm I'm excited about you you becoming a, a, a Ecstasy. I, I mean, I know I, I know you really enjoy Ecstasy, but I'm, I do. Yeah. Um, you're not a 
you you're not a super fan like I am. Right. Um, well, that that's one thing that surprises me. I mean, yeah. all you know, the years that that we spent listening to Ecstasy together, just yeah. you yeah. know, uh, I listened to a lot of it, and I was like, this is some pretty cool stuff, and it's different than what I've been listening to. I like it, um, but I have a feeling that with this debut album the way it seeped into me and I've enjoyed it so much, I'm really going to come to love their stuff. It's going to be so fun to talk about their second album. Their second yeah. album is a trip. Okay. Uh, so for me, uh, this is a, this is a really strong period of music. Um, I, I gotta say the only sort of clunker for me is the Blondie album. Um, uh-huh. All of the rest are really good are like, sevens and up um and it's a for me it's a real toss-up between pair ubu and alternative tv um but i i think i gotta go with alternative tv this is a this is i just get in the zone when i listen to this album um very cool so before we uh, jump into the adverts. I want to. I want to do just a little sidebar here. Um, it is January of of two thousand twenty one. Um, have you? Uh, do you have any New Year's resolutions for for this year? New Year's resolutions for this year. Okay. Well, um, that that right there. Well, <laughs> the answer is no. <laughs> no, I, I don't do resolutions, but I will tell you that I am still. I'm still feeling like I'm in 2020. I. Oh um, yeah. You know, I I, we've kind of all been kind of shut away and kind of. Um, so I'm, I'm just going to listen to more music and I'm going to enjoy it and I'm going to you know just yeah. do my thing, man. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Well, no New Year's resolutions for me, but, um, and warning here, dick move coming. I'm going to do a dick move. Are you ready for my (laughs) dick move? Yeah. I don't have any resolutions for myself, but I am proclaiming a resolution for our listeners. So here goes. My resolution for our listeners for 2021 is to... At the end of the season, submit your list of top five albums of 1978. So I'm proclaiming that as a resolution for you guys. And I'm not I'm not gonna be a hypocrite. I'm I'm gonna do the same. I'm gonna I'm gonna do a list of my favorite albums. Now, to help you along, we are going to at the end of every rundown episode, we are going to kind of um, point out a couple of albums for you, all of you listeners playing along that you might want to go check out so you're well-informed um, at the end when you're getting ready to vote. Um, of these albums, Rob, which ones do you think um, have a real shot at at um you know hitting the the top 10 for 78 or should um for me i'm i just going down this um this was this is a, a a strong uh output 
but I, I'm not certain that any of these albums are are have have a real chance. I think maybe the Kate Bush album, just because there are some rabid Kate Bush fans out there. But you know, if if you're one of those, then you're already familiar with this album. So I don't know, you know, if if you're not a rabid Kate Bush fan, um, chances are probably that you would you wouldn't pick this album as being a, a top contender now now i i kind of lean i'd kind of lean toward uh in my mind anyway toward either ecstasy or or alternative tv maybe the adverts mm-hmm. not all three of them but i'm i'm thinking that one of those one of those might get on on the list yeah my vote um is uh per ubu and alternative tv because those those two um just they they feel like they're striking you know new ground yeah um to me so yeah they definitely well they definitely are they definitely uh, yeah uh, basically so, express that yeah so those those of you playing along you might want to consider uh, diving a little deeper into Per Ubu's The Modern Dance, Alternative TV's The Image Has Cracked, um, and uh, The Adverts is the other one you said? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cool. Okay, so let's, let's jump into our mini-dive on The Adverts. Um, they are... They only... Re- released two albums they weren't together for very long um 1978 sees the release of the debut album crossing the red sea with the adverts now the adverts were i believe number 10 on my list of favorite punk bands based solely on just two songs gary gilmore's (laughs) eyes which we heard on the um the bonus episode of favorite punk bands and um, one chord wonders, which we heard at the top of the show. And um, I don't, when we revisit the, the list, I, I don't think the adverts are going to make it. I think they're going to drop off. Um, but their first album is awfully good. Yeah. I had read uh, Trouser Press said that it was probably the equivalent to the first Sex Pistols or Clash albums. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's pretty high claim right there. Yeah, yeah, that seems a little much to me. But they are, they do have the st- distinction of, of having one of the very first punk singles to hit the UK top 20 with Gary Gilmore's eyes. Now that was released as a single before the album was released. Um, I think, think by a couple of years, but, um, it did go on. It did go on in a later release to be put actually on the album. Well, yeah, no, it it was included on the album when they released the album, but it was originally a single, I believe in 1976. Right, um, right. And probably responsible for them getting a major label um, uh, contract. So we already heard my pick from this album. Um, What was your pick? Um, Well, 
so all of the songs on this album are worth listening to. Yeah. This is this is another album where I was marking off every single song as I was listening to it because I do I mark my favorite songs, and when I realized that every single song was marked off, I'm like crap. I got to listen to it again. So then I started marking off my favorite songs with exclamation points. And by the end, I realized I had to go on and listen to it a third time with two exclamation points. Yeah. So, so that's how how much I really like this album. Um, and one that really stuck out for me, and again, it's I don't know that it's my favorite song on the album, but it definitely had a sound that that caught me by surprise. And uh, that song is Drowning Me. Uncharted ranks of wonder In deepest gloom down under The drowning men are drawing just like you i i pretty much like every song off of this album um i didn't include this album as as a serious contender for for a consideration for best of 78 just because it's super solid but it doesn't sound like it's breaking any new ground um it's just really really good at what it does yeah. if you if you love old school punk this is an album you really should be familiar with. Very, very true. That was their first album. In 1979, they released their second album. And my question to you, Rob, is what the fuck happened? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Well, maybe, maybe you love this album, but... No, I, I can tell you this. So, listening to Crossing the Red Sea with the adverts, I was really excited from first song to last song and then going into cast of thousands their second album i was excited until i heard it um it felt to me like the band was tired of what they were doing and you know unfortunately what they're doing what they were doing was their second album you know it's not like they'd been doing it for 20 30 years (laughs) so i don't know it kind of fell flat this is a a baffling album to me um now, it should be noted that this is not a universal feeling about this album. This album has its champions. In fact, your boy, Henry Rollins, he um, oh, yeah. he referenced this this album as a real inspiration um, to him. And, oh, yeah, he and does. He loves them. I believe prefers it to their first album. So right. so this album does have its champions. Um as I was listening to this album over and over again, I kept thinking of Richard Hell for a couple of reasons. Uh-huh. Um, the obvious reason is just the what the fuck reaction that I had between the first album and the second album. I mean, yeah. talk about a fall from grace. Uh, <laughs> I mean, practically unrecognizable in in a lot of ways from from the two albums you know just like really tight and focused to 
just an absolute mess. Um, and then the other reason why I kept thinking of Richard Hell is because on this album, it really sounds to me like the lead singer is taking his cues from good Richard Hell. Like he's he's trying to trying to get in that zone and just not working. Now that's that's total projection on my part. I probably that wasn't the case, but that's just, you know, it it sounds like wannabe Richard Hell in in a lot of places to me. Well, the first album was just a really good punk album, you know? It was just a really great punk album. And then the second album didn't strike me as as punk at all. And and that's not to say I didn't like it. It just wasn't the sound. Like, the whole sound was different. Yeah. Um, so, I... There... It's... It sounds to me like particularly the first several songs sound to me almost like demos. Um, you know, they, they just don't sound production wise. They don't sound complete where the first album, the production and the execution is so smart and so tight. And this is just kind of I mean, this is an album where they're the ambition is not matched by their talent. So I am I am all for for albums or for bands, you know, evolving and striking out, but sometimes it's successful and sometimes it isn't. And I think that this album really shows a limitation of this band and this is probably a band that should have stayed in its own lane. You know, because it's it's not really particularly the first several songs not working for me at all. I mean, I, I kind of actively dislike a lot of these songs. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. I still found some gems in here, though, to be honest. Yeah, well, I, I did notice that um, both of the songs that, well, each song that, that you and I picked off of this album were the two songs that sounded like they would they would most fit off of the first album. Right, exactly. <laughs> so what did you pick? I picked Fate of Fate of Criminals. I just I love the sound. You know, it's it's a sound that just again, like you said, it feels like it could have been off of the first album. It would have fit in there just well. So it's it's a sound that I really kind of relate to. So you're proud of your plan the way you've kept it in hand. All life is sacred except your fellow man Get it right, get it right, get it right, get it right, get it See it from the outside No excuse when you see the tape running over Something to hold on me Who's just trying to be funny This song is my favorite as well. The, I was planning on picking this one until you did. Um, so I instead picked another song that I like 
a fair amount. I would I would rate it as like a six or a seven. Um, pretty good. Not amazing. Not mind blowing. Um, called Television's Over. Time to pull out the plugs, but we run out of love. Absolutely right on the fact that both songs that we chose feel like they belong on another album. On the other album, it, um, I I don't like dogging on the adverts because I do think they are super talented. Um, but I, I I can't help but think that maybe they should have had more. You know, maybe they should have put out more albums. Maybe they, maybe they should have gone back to their roots and and stuck with that, and and released a couple more albums. I think it would have. I don't know. I I I want more from them, and and there isn't more, <laughs> so I'm a little sad. Yeah. So they they broke up after this album, and um, my understanding is there was also a fair amount of lawsuits between between band members that probably kept them from releasing anything more. Uh-huh. Uh, so things just obviously completely unraveled. Um, you know, when when we schedule out the season um, and we're picking bands to feature, particularly with the mini dives, quite often we just kind of go with our gut. So I I picked the adverts just on the base of the two songs that I was familiar with, um, which I absolutely loved, and um, and so this was a educational experience for me. I think that they um, first album is awesome, but unfortunately there's just not enough of them for them to be anything more than kind of a footnote. Yeah. Um, but um, I, uh, yeah, that's the adverts, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. <laughs> so, 1978, off to um, uh, just a hell of a start. Really good start. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and we have quite a season in plan for for you all we have some astonishing music uh coming up um a lot of ground breaking bands uh rearing sticking their heads up out of the ground for this first time since they're breaking the ground um and i and we have some surprises in store I'm not going to yeah. tell you what they are because yeah. that's sort of the definition of a surprise. <laughs> well, there's, I could tell you, you know, knowing you, now I know some of those surprises, but knowing you, some of those surprises are going to be surprises to me. So, <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. That's one of my favorite things to do, Rob, is to, is it... to, to surprise you. <laughs> well, great. 
now I'm looking I'm looking forward to uh, to the upcoming upcoming uh, months in 1978 and uh, a lot of my favorite music is is in this year and uh, and a lot of my new favorite music has has been covered tonight so yeah you know, it's good stuff yeah well uh, you think that January and February of 78 was great wait till you hear March you wanna you wanna hear a little little teaser about what's yeah, coming up so. um, next month for March of '78? Uh, I say yeah, go for it. So we're gonna get debuts from three prominent punk bands and a follow up from um, some promising punkers we discovered last season. A brilliant songwriter finally gets the backup band he deserves. Hmm, I wonder who that could be. <laughs> Plus, the godmother of punk makes an appearance, and we introduce ourselves to the Jesus of Cool. Oh. Yep. I'm fascinated. I can't wait. <laughs> so, um, where can people find us, Rob? Well, they can find us at deepdives.deepcuts at gmail.com. They can find us on Instagram, where we're all over the place. And they can find us on Facebook, uh, Deep Dives, Deep Cuts on Facebook. So uh, hit us up on there. Also, we have a Twitter. You can get catch us there. Um, we're kind of all over. We're just kind of all over. Um, we're now getting more and more uh, responses and emails and more, more kind of you know, messages from Twitter. So people are, are finding us and they're, they're letting us know that they really like the podcast. Um, but you also can drop a note to us and, and say, Hey, yeah, we got um, a number of comments uh, talking about our desert Island picks. I'm not going to address them here because um, speaking of surprises, we just mm. might have a bonus episode at some point where we, we, delve into that more so if we haven't responded to comments that you've made it's because we're just kind of compiling them all and squirreling them away for uh, a rainy day right. um, if you got this far chances are you're digging this podcast if you wouldn't mind taking a second and hopping over to apple podcasts write a, a review for us, uh, even if it's a sentence, um, just a written review really helps um, with our exposure. Um, that would be fantastic. I want to I, I wanna, um, call out a recent review that we got. Um, and I'm not going to read the whole review, but there was, there was just a couple of sentences I thought were... Um, uh, kind of cute, so I, I want to read that. Um, this person uh, says, and I quote, I honestly didn't know what new wave music was. I just thought it was weird 80s music that I loved, which um, sounds perfect to me. This is, <laughs> this is, is sure. this is the ideal listener as far as I'm concerned. Um, I, I don't know uh, how old this person is. I'm guessing that they're on the younger side. And all I can see say is 
Hang on, just you wait. It gets wilder and woollier, and um, so far we've we've heard a lot of punk, but you know we're just starting to get into the new wave, and the weird new wave um, is coming up. You know we're gonna start hearing from bands like Devo and Wall of Voodoo and Oingo Boingo and Men Without Hats, and it's uh, it's gonna get so much fun. So and and, and pixie dust will be included. <laughs> Well, we did, we, I do want to mention that we did have um, we did have an email. Um, I I came to class unprepared, so I don't have his name. But he stated that he was a DJ back in the '80s when this music was being played, or some of this music was being played. And he says that as far as picking the bands and the albums that were right up front and on top were spot on. And he says, "Congratulations, you guys are doing it. Keep up the good work." So, oh, that's great. That's great yeah. to hear. Yeah. So before we get to March of 1978, we have a deep dive episode. It's coming in two weeks. You want to tell everybody who we're doing the deep dive on? Yeah, the deep dive coming up is going to be on Kate Bush. Yeah. Kate Bush. So I'm really I'm really excited about that because um, I have you know I, I'm familiar with Kate Bush again, but it's going to be cool seeing how she progresses from this debut album to you know to bigger and better things. So. We did not feature the adverts mega classic Gary Gilmore's eyes because. We played it when we talked about my favorite punk bands way back when. Um, however, I feel like we did a fair amount of bagging on the adverts when we were talking about the last album. So let's just yeah. let's go out on Gary Gilmore's eyes to kind of wash the bad taste out of the listeners' mouths and remind them about why the adverts should not be dismissed out of hand you know they 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 are responsible for one of the truly very best punk songs ever in my estimation very true very true thanks rob um welcome to season two so exciting i will talk to you in two weeks thanks joseph and yeah we'll see you Gilmore's eyes.